With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. E-S-N-Y. Welcome back to a special emergency podcast. Your Knicks State of Mind guys are here. We've got big news. Obviously, everyone's heard by now. David Fisdale has been fired as head coach of the Knicks, joining a club of many coaches in recent years who've been let go by the organization. Chip is giving a uh, <laughs> like uh, looks like a little Tiger Woods fist pump there. Um, Very excited. Today. Obviously, obviously, <laughs> uh, Chip is on definitely on the uh, on the side of get rid of Fizdale. I know from our last pod when we talked together, mm-hmm. we obviously got into a lot of this stuff, but uh, now with everything kind of falling into place, uh, we felt it was worth kind of diving into some of this thing, some of the uh, the fallout from Fizdale, plus what the plan is going forward. So, Chip, you obviously are pretty. Uh, Pretty excited about this. Obviously, this is something that you've been you've been talking about for a little bit now. Um, why don't you just give me your quick first, you know, your rapid reaction to this? My first reaction was it's a step forward. Obviously, I didn't think it was going to happen today. Uh, I thought they'd wait until after the West Coast trip, and they came back with a few more losses, and then they'd do it. Uh, I was really surprised because I saw earlier he had run practice and had given quotes to the media. So I thought, I think I even retweeted one of the quotes and said, okay, he's not fired, (laughs) which is pretty ironic. Mm -hmm. But uh, it was, yeah, it was interesting timing, very Knicks-like timing, uh, similar to firing Phil Jackson after he ran the draft. But uh, look, it's a good thing. It's a good thing that they just did it and got it over with. And look, nothing's going to change as Knicks, as real Knicks fans know. Nothing's going to change until Steve Mills has gone too. And might as well wipe Scott Perry out of there too, just wipe the slate clean. But getting rid of David Fisdale is part of the problem. He's not the root of the issue, but he is part of the problem. Sorry, people in the national media who love to defend him. He is part of the problem. Watch the games. He's part of the problem. Uh, so my initial reaction was it's it's great. It's good that – and it's probably best for both sides. It's probably a great thing for him too because he's going to move on. He's going to – the media loves him, like I said. He's going to work for ESPN for the rest of the year. He's going to go on to someone's staff, and then he's going to get a head coaching job in two or three years anyway. And then he's going to get fired in another two years. And people are going to be like, oh, maybe David Fisdale is not such a good coach. No shit, he's not. <laughs> he's just not. I think Schwinn posted a, a thread about him, and uh, people want to go look it up, like his like track record with the Grizzlies and some pretty eye-opening stats about like Conley and Gasol and all that, and it's pretty interesting. So 
it's I, I I think both sides are better off. I mean, Fizdale's making a lot of money, and I I think it's a good day for the Knicks, good day for Knicks fans, and uh, I I'm not really thrilled about all the Mark Jackson talk that's been happening on Twitter mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw Kevin Durant's jackass manager posted a picture of Mark Jackson today. I guess that was just to troll Knicks fans, probably, or to Most troll likely, the Knicks. Yeah. But yeah, but um, yeah, look. Anyone but Mark Jackson at this point, right? Let's uh, let's go forward with Mike Miller for the rest of the year. See what he can do. It's a nice Hail Mary by uh, Mills and Perry. Uh, I mean, the only chance that they get, the only way they keep their jobs is if Mike Miller is some sort of Nick Nurse level offensive genius, mm. right? So, yeah. I mean, that that's the only way. That's, that's really it. So yeah, they they, which, they took their shot with him. Yeah, I think I think you you hit the nail on the head there with you know the Mike Miller stuff because the only like obviously now you know you get rid of Fizz now the pressure is on Mills and Perry it already was mm-hmm. before but now it's squarely on them like the spotlight yeah. on them the only way they survive this is if Mike Miller turns this thing around and actually finishes you know a respectable season which I don't know, maybe. I, Obviously, we all know Mike Miller was G League Coach of the Year. Like we know he's, mm-hmm. you know, one of these guys who people talk highly of. But you never really know until you know. So we'll see what happens there. And with Fizz, I mean, we talked. I mean, we got into this the other day. Like I, I was making excuses for him a little bit, and you know, I but I did. I, I acknowledge like he didn't do enough to keep the job. You win, you know, you're 21 and 83. I think yeah, 21 and 83. Yeah, that's that's just not good enough to keep your job and. I'll always say that the first year he was basically given the mandate, lose as many games as possible, which is a tough spot to put a coach in. I get that. And this season, poorly constructed roster. I get that. I even I wrote a column that went out today about about just, you know, some of the issues were there. But at proof is the proof is in the pudding. If you're you know, you're four and eighteen, yeah, I always I make this thing I make I make this argument that if they hit free throws, they win a few more games. If they had a better, you know, did a little bit better in the offseason, they might win a few more games. I'm making all these points. But again, I, it's just, it's hard to justify keeping Fisdale around after a 44 point loss and a 37 point loss. And to be honest with you, I, since I was, uh, I was at the game yesterday, I really thought it was over. We were sitting around waiting for the press conference and, you know, just tense, 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 tense. Yeah, I saw your MSG. tweet. Yeah, it, you said it would take a long time for the, the first. The first start. tweet I yeah. sent out, it was like, you know, it kind of feels like it's taking a little long. Yeah. But you know, I couldn't tell. Maybe I was in my own head, just think, just thinking something that's you know not there. But then you know, I just responded with like dot 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 on a quote tweet, like five minutes later, because at that point I was like, all right, this is taking a little longer. And you know, obviously there were some things going on behind the scenes, and I do I agree with you. I don't. It's weird that they fired him after practice um, and, you know, let him talk to the media and everything. That just, to me, that felt weird because I was the same, I was in the same boat as you. I was like, all right, well, they're giving him Saturday at least. I thought maybe if they get hosed on Saturday, it's like, okay, then he's out, get somebody new for the road trip. Or I was thinking if they maybe play well or they beat Indiana, they use that road trip as kind of like the final straw because, I mean, I don't think anyone expects the Knicks to go out and win two games on that road trip, let alone, I mean, maybe they beat the Warriors, but I can't see them winning two or three games on that road trip. I thought that might have been a good time to 
to pull the plug. It might have made sense there. I just the timing of it was weird to me. Um, but I mean, other than that, like you said, Fizz didn't do enough. He didn't do enough to keep his job. He was not the root of the problem, but he was definitely a part of it. Um, and I, I'm interested now with Mike Miller because, like I said, I don't know a whole lot about him. But I'm interested to see how, like, how much he's going to change things up. Like, because the defensive, you know, switching everything type stuff, you know, packing in the paint. I actually, that was my column today. It was just all about packing in the paint and then running out to shooters. And I'm going to just, I'll just defend Fizz one last time before, now that he's out <laughs> the door. But my column was essentially about, you know, people are pissed that, you know, Fizz is like saying we're going to pack the paint and try and close out on shooters. But that's what they did in the offseason, right? That was the whole summer. The whole summer offseason plan was to get tough, get big bodies, get power forwards, and build from the inside out was essentially their plan. It's like Fizdale was only kind of going off of what they did. And, I mean, he was starting three power forwards. You know, Marcus Morris, Julius Randle, Taj Gibson are all best at the four, which when three of your, you know, your guys that you have to start almost, because I don't disagree necessarily with the way the roster is made up starting those three guys but it just makes life tough on the coach and we'll see i mean because mike miller he's got a i don't want to i don't want to say it's like a i mean it's obviously a tough job it's definitely a tough job mike malone said that the other night um before the game but the good thing i think for mike miller is that expectations for him at least aren't high so he can kind of you know i think he everyone everyone involved right now He's in a decent spot because if he doesn't do well, people are just going to say, well, that Knicks team was terrible. Like, what, you know, what do you expect an interim yeah. coach to do? But if he does well, then it's like, all right, maybe maybe this is the next Nick Nurse or Quinn Snyder or, you know, this G League coach who's going to be the next big thing, you know, at the uh, at the pro level. So, I mean, we'll see. I mean, I, I, I've got a bunch of notes written down and stuff, but I feel like every every minute it's almost like, Things are things are changing, and I don't know. It's the Knicks are in a really, really weird place right now, and I don't think anyone, even people who like me, who didn't have crazy high expectations going into this year, I don't think anyone could have expected us to be here right now, giving you know a, an emergency pr- uh, pod on you know Fizdale getting fired after twenty two games. I never thought that would happen. You didn't think it was going to be this bad. You didn't think it was going to be four and eighteen? I didn't think it was going to be this bad. No, I. No. And I'm usually pretty cynical about the Knicks in general, yeah. but uh, yeah, this this one was this yeah. this was a lot earlier than I than I expected it to be. Yeah, I'm as pessimistic as they come, as mm-hmm. you know, and and I even I didn't think four and eighteen. Well, that we're, was we were both what like twenty five, twenty six games. I think around there. I think I think yeah. mine was twenty six, but you were. I think you were one or. One, yeah. one or so games off of me. Uh, yeah, I was like 25, 26 too. Yeah, yeah. We, we were right mm-hmm. there, which at the time I even thought, like people were telling me I was being pessimistic. They're like, oh, there's so much more talent. They're going to win way more than that. And I was, there were I, people who were I, on the thought, playoff I, train at the yeah, beginning. Yeah, that which, come on. I mean, I don't think, I think we all knew, at least everyone on this show, we all knew that yeah. was pretty ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, before before we forget, just since we gave our uh, our initial our initial uh, thoughts, I want to throw this in because our our third co-host Matt Castillo. Oh yeah, Matt couldn't be here. Yeah. He's working. <laughs> he's working today, 
so um, so he couldn't get he couldn't get on with us. But he did send us a note. Um, obviously, if you've listened to the pod before, you know that Matt was not a big fan of Fisdale, um, and he wanted us to just kind of let everyone know that he's also happy with this decision. Um, this is something he was looking for too, and he said. Make note for me that I say we bring back Van Gundy or hire Ewing. So <laughs> Matt is on the train of the the old school, the kind of the glory days of the Knicks, which you know Van Gundy, Ewing, that crew. Which uh, I think I think Matt's going to be in in, uh, in he's kind of in the same line of thinking as I'm sure what a lot of Knicks fans are going to say. I bet you Van Gundy is one of those names we start to hear you know a lot of chatter about because. You know, you you brought up Mark Jackson too. I think almost it's almost like an instinct whenever the Knicks change head coaches is for you know one of those big names to be a guy who knows New York, understands the Knicks, understands the organization. Um, which I mean, it make it does it does make sense on some levels, but I think there's like a big difference between hiring Jeff Van Gundy or hiring Mark Jackson. There's a huge difference. Huge fucking difference. Jeff Van Gundy took the Knicks. I know it was a million years ago, but he took the Knicks to the finals. He's done it. He's been successful with this franchise before. He's been successful with James Dolan as his owner before. He's overcome the odds. You know, I look, I know he hasn't coached in a million years, but I, if they, and there might be some Knicks fans who might say, look, stay away from Jeff Van Gundy because of that. But if they did hire Jeff Van Gundy, I wouldn't be completely opposed to it. Uh, I, I'd prefer them say, I love, I love the Becky Hammond hire. I know mm-hmm. Knicks fans have been high on her for a long time. I love that idea. Uh, there's, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of young assistants. Uh, I saw someone list Sam Cassell as an hmm. idea. In- interesting. I yeah. I obviously don't know enough about him as a you know as a coach to know. Well, I just know much he's been else, but for a long time, yeah, he's been assistant yeah. for a long time, and I mean, he's one of those guys you know grew up watching. You know, you know he was a smart, heady player. Um, that's an interesting name. I I could I could probably get on board with that. You know, as as time goes on, uh, yeah. One guy, one guy I've, I've been thinking of, but an issue I I not personally I would have with him, but I think would be an issue with the Knicks hiring him is Dave Yeager. Um, I don't like he's, it. He's, yeah. had, he's, had, he's had issues with front offices in the past, and, you know, he's kind of been like a little uh, little rogue. I know for sure in Sacramento. I can't remember if that was part of him leaving um, Memphis way back when, but I know he's one of those, those names who's out on the coaching market right now that's kind of like, you know, getting a little traction anytime there's, there's uh, an opening which I'm sure at least he'll name his name will be thrown in there. I like him as a coach, but you never, I mean, you never know the New York market, you know, and this organization, it's a, it's a tough, uh, it's a tough job and you kind of need a unique personality yeah. to succeed at it. Yeah. I don't think he works in New York. I think he's a good coach, but he, uh, he fell out in Memphis and in Sacramento because he mm-hmm. clashed with the front office. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't remember for sure what. The yeah, is, but that now is familiar. Both of those, both of those front offices, or uh, Memphis's front office has been wiped. All those people were fired, mm-hmm. and they obviously didn't do a very good job. And in Sacramento, they're not exactly a 
well-oiled machine there either. Mm, yeah. But uh, the guy obviously doesn't play well with others very well. So, look, Steve Mills is never going to hire Dave Yeager, ever, because he's not a guy who's going to be a yes man, clearly, mm. from based on his actions. So, Well, I mean, I think we're both in, in lockstep with one another where we don't think Steve Mills should be the one hiring the next Oh, coach. my God. But no. if if he is, I think, yeah, I think if he is, Yeager has got no shot, no shot at all. No. But with that being said, I hope it's not Steve Mills because, I mean – Fizdale wasn't the root of the problem. Steve Mills might be. Like he, he's been around the Knicks and MSG for how many years now? And the one time you know he left and uh, he wasn't a part of the organization is when they had their best season in twenty years. And obviously, it's it maybe an oversimplification. This you know to say it's all re- you know relays back to him. But I mean, shit flows downhill. He's been yeah. he's been at the top of that hill for pretty long time now making decisions and even like was i'm not i'm not sitting here to defend james dolan or you know carry any water for him but i think more or less since phil jackson came around i think more or less dolan hasn't really been like making like you know get meddling in as much i mean obviously we don't know everything that's going on behind the scenes or anything like that but since Phil Jackson came around, seems like he's been pretty hands off and, you know, let the basketball people handle the that business, which I mean, except for the the press conference that he made them have. After yeah, the I 10 guess, games. I, yeah. Yeah, I guess, <laughs> I guess I guess you could I guess you could throw that out there. But again, you know was the press conference weird? Was it a little like impromptu? Was it surprising? Yes. But I mean the Knicks were not playing well. You know, you you would think at some point during that, Mills and Perry would have come forward and said something. Maybe there was some prompting on, you know, on the back end of that. But again, you know, I think ugh, I don't. It's just it's just kind of a mess all around there. And I don't, I don't. I think I think there's Fizdale deserves some blame. I think obviously everyone deserves some blame. But I know for us at least now. The uh, the spotlight is on Mills. He's the uh, he's the next guy who's who's coming under fire. I think. Uh, Ian Begley just tweeted out his list of potential coaching candidates to replace Fizz. Do you want me to uh, read them off? Yeah, yeah, go for it. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull it up here too. But yeah, let's read it off. Okay, so Mark Jackson is his first one. Obviously, listed that. And then he's got Becky Hammond. I assume mm-hmm. she'll be interviewed too. And then JVG. Mm-hmm. And then uh, next, he's got uh, Mike Woodson is on here. That's pretty surprising. Hmm. Uh, I was he he. I know he his name was floated when Fizdale got hired that during that process. Was he? I don't remember if he was. Because he, he might still have a relationship with Dolan or something. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I mean, Woodson was here during, you know, the last good stretch of Knicks basketball, you know? That, yeah. That, as, as short-lived as it was. And and Phil Jackson fired him and replaced him with Derek fucking Fisher. So, yeah. which yeah, was, like, looking back on it now, Phil Jackson's greatest mistake might have been hiring Derek Fisher as his coach. Looking yeah, back that, on it, I that, mean that kicked off. That that got yeah. off to a pretty rough start. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and yeah. after Woodson, uh, Patrick Ewing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, shit, Chauncey Billups. Why does Chauncey Billups come up in every job opening in the NBA? GM, Whether it's like team president, GM, coach. team president. Yeah. The next time an, a team is up for sale, it's going to be Chauncey yeah. Billups is going to own the Phillips fucking team. Is, is organizing a group of investors <laughs> to buy a team. Jesus Christ. Oh, and Kenny Smith again. He's can a name put, that just... Get, can we they, put they, the Kenny they, Smith they throw, in the way? They throw that out there every, every time Kenny Smith is, is out there. Put it away. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm reading this now too. Thibodeau. That makes sense. I I didn't think I didn't think about him. I don't know if I'd be in love with Tibbs, but I I think you could do worse than Tibbs. It, you could do worse than Tibbs, but is he willing to change? Because uh, yeah. what the the way he was going in Minnesota, it ain't gonna work anywhere. The the defense he ran in Chicago can't work unless you got elite players, and he's not gonna. It's so rare to pick up those kinds of players, and you can't play three different players on the team 35 minutes a game anymore you can't yeah, run these guys just, ragged it's in the load management nba and i'm not, not sure he's not, the right yeah. coach for that for this type of nba and i'm not sure i want him coaching rj barrett i, I just based on his track record with young players <laughs> of yeah there's just, also I mean, that fizz also fizz was he was kind of running them into the ground too yeah you know, he, he was he was all in on the uh anti-load management stuff exactly um, imagine Thibodeau's comments about load I, management yeah i can i mean i can understand wanting to play a 19 year old kid a lot but i think if fizz was here for the whole season i think eventually he would have you know scaled back on it a little bit yeah um, mm-hmm. but i don't at least that's just my my general feeling from when i i uh listened to him talk about it and things like that um but i don't think that's gonna be like i don't think tibbs is gonna ever want to scale back like february game that means nothing Tibbs is going to be playing his top three guys, 40 minutes. You know, it's like, I feel like that's just just part of his nature. Tibbs Um, doesn't empty the bench, man. And that's, you know, like we're, we're criticizing him for it, but that's part of what made him a good coach in the first place. Exactly. Just, it's just the league is changing. Is he willing to adapt with it? I was actually reading like something about him when he was the coach of the Timberwolves and it was a Timberwolves guy for SB nation that was like complimenting him and uh, criticizing him at the same moment about his defense, about how it's hard to criticize him because the defense he's running now, and the article was in 2018, but the defense he's running now was successful five years ago. So Mm. it's got to be hard for him to comprehend that a defense that was so successful so recently can't work anymore. Because he's such a genius, and his defense in Chicago changed the way teams play defense. So it's got to be so hard for him to comprehend that that isn't going to be dominant mm. everywhere he goes. So is he going to be able to come to New York and comprehend that? And also, Tom Thibodeau, the way he is with the media in New York, I, I, I don't see that working at all. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's one of those maybe, uh, maybe five, ten years ago. It would have been a good. It would have been yeah. a better a better Cause, fit because the team would have been so good that mm. whatever. <laughs> but yeah, I think it it would have been a better fit back then. Um, but I'm looking at now. I don't Jawan Howard. I don't see that happening. I I know he's a, he's going to be a hot name out there. Well, because the NBA coaching gigs is but he really going to leave his alma mater? That's, that's, that's what I'm saying. He, he just got to Michigan, and they're like, that's actually what Begley writes is just they you know they're going way up in the AP poll. 
like they're mm-hmm. on fire, you know, I mean, why would you want to leave that when you're, uh, you know, so clearly like getting off to a great start and I think he'll, he'll be more of a guy that'll come around, um, you know, kind of maybe, maybe if he fizzles out at Michigan a few years down the line, you know, not, not quite the recruiter that he, you know, that beeline was who knows, but I think right now is not, not going to be a time where he's going to, he's not going to leave there after one year. No, it's really way too soon. And it looks like yeah. they, he's building something special there anyway. He may yeah. want to hold on. I mean, he, he, he's, isn't that like kind of like any coach's dream? I mean, maybe he's, he wants to be in the NBA, but coaching your alma mater, you know, having a shot to bring him to a national yeah. championship type thing, mm-hmm. like, feels like he's in a good place. And then the last one is Jerry Stackhouse, who was one of the, one of the guys kind of in the mix last time around too. Yeah. Uh, which... I think he's he's one of those guys who's like an up and coming kind of uh up and coming guy. He's at Vanderbilt now. Um but I mean we'll see. I he I could see him as an NBA coach in the in the near future, nearish future. Um Yeah. I don't know. Uh, he for me at least he's not someone that moves the needle all that much for for this job. No, I don't think so, but he's already making an impact. There, I mean, Vandy won nine games last year. They've already won six this year. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so he's going to be, a, like you said, he's going to be a hot candidate at the end of this season, probably. Uh, they were. I didn't even realize because they were zero and eighteen in the SEC last year. Like, wow. if he has, if he has any sort of good year, like he's going to be talked about to move up. Wow. So yeah. I didn't realize they were that bad last year. Yeah. They used to have some good teams. Van- oh, Vandy! Vandy had some really good teams. That Luke, yeah. that Luke Cornett team wasn't bad. Yeah, like um, John Jenkins. I'm just bringing up Nick, form- former Knicks that were uh, John that Jenkins. Were Vandy, was a good player. His, yeah, his, his teams were pretty good when he was in college. Who else was on Vandy. Um, uh, they had they had like a they had a white boy shooter recently who was pretty good. But they yeah they they used to be you know like in the tournament every every so often you know. Make a maybe I don't know if they ever went to the Sweet Sixteen or Elite Eight or anything, but they had some good runs there. Um, they got that weird that weird gym with the uh, with the the team benches are on the opposite baselines, which is always weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Demari Carroll went to uh, Vandy. Oh yeah, yeah. Good. Call. Oh, Wade Baldwin. That's the guy who was on that really good Vandy team. They were really oh, good when yeah, he yeah. Was that. yeah. Yep. Yep. That's who I was thinking of. Yeah, I, you know what? The, obviously, there's going to be more names to come out and be mm-hmm. involved than just you know there. But I think that's a good kind of basis for it. Honestly, I mean the Becky Hammond one is interesting because she's obviously very highly regarded around the league, and you know she's one of Popovich's uh, Popovich's assistants. That always tends to get you decent looks for head coaching jobs. I mean. If she if she could handle the pressure of New York, you know, I mean, hey, it's not like anyone else has been able to handle it, handle it recently. She might be uh, she might be near the top of that list. I think when when all is said and done, even if she doesn't end up getting it, I think she'll be uh, she'll be in the mix. Yeah, I mean, why would she want the job? Uh, to be honest, <laughs> she could have probably any job the way it sounds. That's going to be open. She's going to be the number one candidate. So. Uh, I mean, she could end up being like Fisdale was two years ago, where Fisdale had, uh, was it the Hornets offered him the job too, right? 
I think he turned on two other jobs to, to I know, Phoenix job. I know he? for sure Phoenix. I'm not sure if I'm yeah, not sure Phoenix, if, Phoenix, if, uh, right. if if Charlotte was was one of them too. Yeah, but I know he because he, I think him and him and Budenholzer were like in they were they were interviewing for you know a number of those open jobs. Oh God, uh, which, and we took Fizdale over Budenholzer. Which of yeah, in hindsight, not looking so hot. Ugh. And we hired Scott Perry over David Griffin. Not that David Griffin's team looks great right now, but but uh, whatever. Yeah, that's that's a whole whole different can of worms. Which I guess if if it ends up with Mills and Mills and uh, Mills and Perry on the chopping block too, that's even that's the bigger uh, before the head coach. You got to get the uh, you got to get yeah. the front office in order. Well, Masai Ujiri, dude. Obviously, come on. Yeah, that's, that's that's a done deal. That's, that's already that's already the already oh, drafting up God. the contract. Which uh, I don't know. Like that's that's one that's one I have a little. Uh, what do I want to say? Like uh, a little less intuition on. I wouldn't wouldn't know as much about. You know, kind of at least like head coaches. You know that the pool of people out there. G, uh, GM and oh the president. GM candidates yeah it's a yeah. little is a little tougher to to suss out at least for me because you're obviously you're gonna hear probably Sam Presti is gonna his name will come up um, trying to think anyone else who's working right now I'm that sure be, that I'm be. sure Isola will write something about how the Knicks should target RC Buford like that's a realistic possibility. That, <laughs> okay, yeah, that, that that would that would be one because what people, um, people are gonna people yeah. are gonna talk about how uh, you know San Antonio's at the end of their line, you know, yeah, you know, yeah. they're gonna switch yeah. things up. So yeah, Buford will probably have his name in the mix at some point or another. I wouldn't be surprised if Pat Riley's name is thrown in there ridiculously at some point. Um, I yeah, I don't think he's. I, don't, I think he's. He's not he's going to his, do it. He's in his last. He's 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 working his last job. He'll probably ever work. Yeah, he's not going to do it. Yeah. But I, and, I think a lot of he'll probably, strange he'll probably, names will be brought up. Yeah. He'll probably work until he can't work anymore. But I I can't see him leaving Miami. That's that's a good nah, gig for him. I don't see it either. I I don't see uh, some of the guys that are always like you know like the the Celtics guy. Like mm-hmm. Mike Zarin, the Celtics assistant mm-hmm. GM, yeah, yeah. that's the guy they should go after. You know, like I mean, they say he's like the GM and waiting for Ainge, but Ainge is still a young guy. How long yeah. does the guy want to wait for? Just throw I mean, a bunch of money at him. It feels like you know, if, if he's going to take over for Ainge, it's because Ainge gets fired, and if Ainge yeah. gets fired, then why would they, you know, have the assistant GM just take over seamlessly? I mean, yeah. Ainge. I don't. I can't see Ainge like retiring or, you know, wanting to move on right before this. You know, their kind of championship window is still, still kind of open for him. I, I don't. Yeah. I don't see that. I think. Yeah, he's an interesting guy. Zarin. Zarin's an interesting one. But that's like I said for me at least. That's one I. I don't know. Yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be as uh, in tune with with who who the right guys were. You know, we're talking about Becky Hammond, who the right guys, yeah, and the right females are out there. The um, only two names that come to my mind are, are Zarin, because he's always talked about, and Troy Weaver from the Thunder, because he's always talked about, too, who's the who's Presti's assistant GM. as, And Zarin, I doubt they could probably get, because I'm sure he's just going to stick with the Celtics. But 
maybe you know Weaver interviewed with the Wizards. So and you could do a lot yeah. worse than a guy who's worked next to Sam Presti for years and years. Mm-hmm. So because you're not going to get Sam Presti, he's not going to leave the Thunder for the Knicks. Yeah, I don't. I mean, unless look, I, I I'm not saying don't throw a bunch of money at him. Yeah, throw a yeah. bunch of money at him and see well, if you can get him. Do it. One thing, because uh, it's funny. Like before we we started this up, my brother was calling me just to just to ask you know about Fizz or whatever, and. Mm-hmm. uh we were talking like the one thing you you have to give Dolan credit for. He is willing to throw money at coaches yeah. and executives. Like he he's not he's not afraid to whip out the wallet and you know pay people big money for uh, for that. So I, I mean, it's always a possibility that they you know just throw a boatload of cash at somebody. Um, I mean, hopefully not a seventy year old washed up. Person. Yeah, that's what I was that'd, gonna, that'd I was, be nice. I was gonna say it, it hasn't worked out in the in the. Uh, in the recent past, but uh, it's it's a possibility. Dolan's not afraid to uh, he's not afraid to to write a big check for somebody that if he thinks they can get the job done. Just now, it's about getting someone who can actually get the job done and not not just go through another two years and you know rinse and repeat. I could see that. I could see them firing another coach in two years. <laughs> oh, I, th- I think that's. Is that not the expectation? <laughs> like, we're, are we going to be doing another emergency uh, emergency pod in 2021 on December 6th? I think that's I that's fair, fair to say. I might be a full-time Orlando Magic fan by then yeah. because Mark yeah. because Mark Jackson might be the coach. So yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm not I'll, sure. Uh, I'll jump on the, the Magic bandwagon. <laughs> we just moved down to Orlando. <laughs> become, uh, become like Disney... Uh, Disney mascots or something like that. Lopez, hang out with the Lopez brothers. Yeah. Jeez. That's where we're at now. It's, I don't, like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if there's a whole lot more to say about this, this whole thing until, uh, until things kind of move forward. But, um, no, I'm interested to see how they look against Indiana. I'll say yeah, that. <laughs> that that's going to be interesting because, yeah. again, Indiana is a good team. This is it's not it's not like they're you know going out there against the Wizards or the uh, you know the Warriors, the Hawks, or somebody where it's like they get you know they make it a close game, maybe they steal a win, and it's like you start feeling good about yourself. You got to go out against you know the the Pacers. Luckily, I don't think they're gonna have Oladipo back yet. I know he's practicing now. Um, He's. I hope not. Been, he's been practicing five on five with the, their G League team recently, but he, I could be, I could be off on this because I don't, I haven't been too closely following the Pacers thus far this season. But uh, without Oladipo, they're still a pretty damn good team. I mean, you still got Sabonis, who Sabonis destroys the Knicks every time yeah, he plays he them. Yeah. Um. You know, I mean, just. Up and down that roster, even though you know they're missing some of their guys right now, they're just a well-oiled machine. It feels like. I feel like Sabonis could hang thirty on Randall tomorrow. It's a possibility. And thirty, thirty and fifteen. The amount of time he has the ball in his hands a lot, and he runs a lot of uh, screen and roll. And Brogdon's a really good passer. Maybe they, uh, maybe they won't switch so much. Because Fizz isn't there anymore, 
Oh. Yeah, I'm, uh, like I said, I'm really interested to see how they look on both sides of the ball. <laughs> I'm, I'm, interest, I'm interested because, like, how much does Mike Miller have to change or, or how much does he want to change? You know, like, are these going to be drastic changes coming, you know? Well, yeah, that's what you said when, after we did, the, we did the one after the Milwaukee show. Uh, is, is an interim coach really going to be willing to do something dramatic like change the starting lineup or mm-hmm. – or, demote Randall's role, whatever you want to call it, take the mm-hmm. ball out of his hands so much. And I don't know. I mean, probably not, but we'll see because he is auditioning for the head coaching job. Let's be yeah, honest. I mean, if, he, if he does a great job, he could get it. I think like I, I kind of alluded to it before. He's in a good, he's out of anyone right now. I think Miller's in the best spot Yeah, because yeah. low expectations. If he exceeds mm-hmm. those like low expectations, maybe it won't be with the Knicks, but somebody will be like, Hey, you know, maybe Mike Miller's uh, maybe Mike Miller's the guy we should we should take a look at. He's he's in a decent spot, but again, how much is he going to change? How much is he going to tweak? He doesn't have a he doesn't have a day to practice and do anything like that. Yeah, not that's that, not that not that in NBA practices a lot changes or you know they they can do a lot of things like that and like really drastically alter what they do. But again, you know he's got no practices going in. So I wouldn't imagine they change too much, but as time nah, nah, as time goes on, yeah. we'll see. Uh, we'll see kind of how he puts his imprint on the team. Yeah, I think it'll probably be the same looking game uh, team tomorrow against Indiana. At least until he gets one practice under. Again, the whole letting him run, letting Fizz run practice mm-hmm. before firing him, and then they put they the video came out of him like dapping up. Perry and Mills and I think Craig Robinson was there too during practice, which I guess was like right before he got fired. Mm. And, oh God! I tweet, I, tw- I tweet, I tweeted about that, and people are giving me pushback on it, saying like, "Oh who really? Care, who cares?" And it's like, well, the just it's a bad look, you know. Like I really? get, I, I tweeted get that it about it too. Yeah. I get it that it does. I get that you know whatever he's going to be, he's making a lot of money, so. He'll be okay, but it's just you know the the next coach or like superstar players they see that you know you kind of treat a guy maybe kind of little not so well on the way out you know I mean they're not exactly firing him on the tarmac of you know on a road trip or anything like that yeah. so it's this isn't like one of those all time bad firings like I think Willie Randolph when he got fired by the Mets I think it was like on the plane or something like that I mean what I, I I'm, for, I'm misremembering things, but it's not, this isn't like horrendous. I'm not going to write a column about it and rip the Knicks, but it's just one mm-hmm. of those weird things. Like, really, you couldn't have, you, you didn't have your mind made up before no. practice. You're right. It was a horrible look. He looked like Fredo at the end of Godfather Two. He really yeah. did. Like right before he, like when he's got the stupid hat on, and he's about to go fishing with yeah. Michael's kid, and Michael calls him back because he's setting him up to get killed. And even Fredo knows he's about to get killed, and he's yeah. praying. He lo- it's a terrible look. It's a terrible yeah. look for Fizdale and for the Knicks. It almost, if you hadn't have watched a hundred games or whatever it was of Fizdale being mediocre, you'd feel bad for the guy. And if he didn't have fifteen million dollars coming his way for doing jack shit, you'd feel bad for the guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's just. It's just one of those little things. People won't remember it long term, I don't think. But in, in the now, it, it at least feels just a little, uh, 
a little unfortunate that that's the way it that's the way it went. But what can you do? The Knicks are moving on. I'm sure Fisdale. I think is he still he still might be getting paid by the Grizzlies or that might be I over think, now. Doesn't he stop getting paid once he gets a new job? Isn't or that, is that yeah, just that, the NFL? That, that, that might be it too. Either way, he's he's still going to be getting paid by the Knicks. So he's yeah. uh, he's not. There's worse things that could happen to people, but it's always tough, I guess, when uh, when a guy loses his job. But again, like we said, he'll be working for ESPN the rest of the year. Yep. Probably go down to Miami, hook up with his boy uh, Eric Spolstra again, be an assistant down there or something or somewhere else. Who knows? But he'll he'll be okay. Those coaches, they all they tend to take care of each other. Even the other day, Mike Malone was like all uh, all positives and all just being you know super. Uh, I don't want to say like complimentary. I guess like he was. He was just—he seemed like he had Fizz's back. I think those guys all stick together. He'll land on coaches his feet. always have each other's backs. Yeah. I remember when Vinny Del Negro came on Low Post Zach Lowe's podcast during like the really low times of the Lakers when Byron Scott was the coach, and Zach Lowe said, "Can you uh, say one good thing? I know you coaches all have each other's backs. Can you say one good thing?" about the job Byron Scott is doing in L.A. right now. And Vinny Dunnero paused, and he's like, you know, Byron's got a really tough job that he has to do in L.A. <laughs> like, he that's, just wouldn't, they, they won't say anything critical about each that's, other. That's actually, that's actually really funny that you mentioned that. Is that the <laughs> exact quote that Malone gave on Thursday was... Is uh, it really? Yeah, yesterday. From <laughs> he said, I, actually, let me... I can, I'm, I'm going to pull this up now, because... That's actually really funny that you he said it's a tough job. Uh, let's let's see. He he did he talked about the Knicks. They were like really good offensive rebounding team. That's one of the things that he said. But this is I give Fizz credit. His job is a tough job. We all know that. That comes with this job and comes with the city. But he has them playing hard. He has them fighting, and that's something he deserves credit for. So I think that, I think that quote says it all. Before a thirty before a thirty seven point loss. Uh, well, maybe he'll end up in Denver as an assistant. Yeah, who knows? Maybe, maybe. Yeah. But I don't know. I think uh, unless you have any any closing thoughts, I think I'm I'm all tapped out. I think I said everything I needed to say about F- David Fisdale. Hopefully, I never yeah. have to talk about him again. Yeah. So we'll. Uh, We'll leave it here, I'd say, for now. But we'll be back sometime early next week. We'll get you get you back on track, you guys, with uh, the Pacers fallout from whatever happens in that game. Plus, we'll have some talk about the upcoming road trip. Maybe, maybe at that point we'll know a little bit more about Mike Miller, what he plans to do with the offense and defense. We can kind of dive into some more of the uh, what's ahead as opposed to looking at the past because – I think this is our second straight episode where it's almost been a, uh, a moratorium for Fizz or, you know, just kind of wrapping up his tenure as Knicks head coach. Um, but thanks again for listening, folks, and we will be back soon.